there's a outline that uh, I have here that is from uh, the uh, interpretive outline of Romans is what it's called, uh, Steele and Thomas. I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it's, it's frequently listed in, in many uh, bi bibliographies of people who in their books and their commentaries and this type of thing. And they have a, 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 a picture of an outline of, or a, a, of, of this here, physical and spiritual Israel and their relation to the divine covenants. And basically what they're saying is, is that, that God in this outline, they, they basically say the same thing that I have said. And that is that God has a plan that is both physical and spiritual in reference to the nation of Israel. God has been working it out all through history and is continuing to work it out. Does, for instance, the fact that Israel is a nation today have anything to do with that plan? I believe it does. You know, it's interesting. Because, because uh, that, what that Israel became in net, becoming a nation did, it changed a whole lot of people's opinions about the, the nation of Israel as to whether or not they were included in the future of God's plans or not. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of interesting to see people's theology switch in, in, in the, from the 30s to the, to the 50s and say, oh, my, now we can see what God is doing. Does that make, by the way, Israel a people that are all, you know, super... You know that, that are saved and, and all going to heaven and all this kind of stuff? No. What makes a person saved? Relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? So the fact that Israel is a nation is just part of the picture that God is still working with them as a nation. He is not finished with them yet. And so we have that picture as well. All of this to accomplish his purpose, to bring salvation to all who will receive him. That's his, the whole purpose of all of this. Opening the door to the Gentiles so that the, the people from the Gentile world would come to see the, and, and the, the Christ and be saved. And then to make the Hebrews jealous so that they would come to see, oh yeah, he is my Christ, and be saved. All of this is centered around Jesus Christ. It has from the very beginning. From the second that sin entered into the world, God's grace entered into the world. Both in prophecy and actual. Did Adam and Eve instantly die? Were they instantly separated from God? Yes. Did they instantly physically die? How many of you died on your first sin? Spiritually? Yes. Physically? No. What happened? God gave you grace. So, God, his whole purpose is through Christ. All of it takes us to what we have just celebrated through the Christmas season. The birth of Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word Christ, Jesus Christ, emptied himself 
and became a man. All of these things that we've talked about come together, and we see even here, he is the purpose, ultimately. It all centers around him. This morning, as we come to communion, we can come to communion with an absolute confidence that God has not fallen behind on his plans. He hasn't been baffled by anything, but that his plans are intact for the, the, the nations of the world, for the nations of Israel, for all things. He's got it all intact and, in, and, and all perfectly working out. Not one promise will he fall short in. Not one. As a result, we can rest with confidence as we share in communion. Jesus said, I will not take of this until I share it with you again in the kingdom of God. That's a promise. We can rest with confidence in that. He is coming again. He will receive us as his family, as his brothers and sisters for eternity in his kingdom. Communion, all because of what Christ did, his death, his burial, his resurrection. He came in the flesh, the bread, poured out his blood, the wine, went to his grave on our behalf, paid the death penalty on our behalf, and then resurrection proved that he had victory and authority over death. And as a result, we can say today, death, where's your sting? It's gone. Ask the ushers to come. Uh, would you pass the communion out? And, hold, and then all of us, would you hold it until it, we've all been served? And then we'll uh, share it together. Take my friends, take my fear, all 
come to communion, interesting as I was thinking as we sang that, we come to communion collectively, together, the body of Christ. And I realize that this has been doing something literally all over the world today. And we partake in that as, a, as the body of Christ as a whole. And here as a congregation together, as a congregation within all of who have done this together in, in Fortuna this morning, some of them possibly right now. <laughs> And so there's a collective picture. Acts says they did it as often as they gathered together. And yet there is a, a, a point where even as it's all together, it's also between just you and the Lord. Just you and me, Lord, here now. And what he has done. My life. My sin. His grace poured out into me that I might sit here and partake of communion and know that the God of all creation is my Savior. There's no longer any condemnation in me. That I am saved and that there's nothing of this world created that can separate me from Him. And with full confidence, I know He's coming again. Why? Because He is indeed a keeper of promises. He said at the supper that he shared before his betrayal that he took the bread. He said, after giving thanks, this is my body broken for you. And as he broke it, he shared it with the, the disciples and he asked them to eat it. And as they did so, he asked them that they would do it in remembrance of him every time and that we for all time until he returned would do the same. So we eat it in remembrance of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
I used to try to put it together in my mind that it should have been enough that Jesus would empty himself into the flesh, the word become flesh and dwell among us, to reveal the Father and his love for us. But that's because I didn't quite understand what was necessary for that grace to be poured out. That was that my sin be paid for in full. Christ said that to purchase that covenant was necessary for his blood to be poured out, and it was. And he asked us as often as we would share this memorial cup together that we'd do so in remembrance of him. Father, once again this morning we come to you with great thanksgiving. Worshiping you as the only God, the author of our salvation, creator of all things. And as we worship you, we thank you for all that you have done. All that you are doing and all that is yet to come. Because you have said so. And we rest in confidence in your word the absoluteness of your promises. And we know that as we rest in them, not only will we be blessed eternally, but we're even blessed now with that confidence that as we face things in this world, no matter what comes our way, we can rest with that confidence knowing that, the, that we have you. We have our salvation. We have your grace in us. And we can say with all confidence, Death, where is your sting? And know that it is gone. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close? Uh, got some refreshments in the back if you have time to fellowship for a little while. Lord bless. Thank you for being here this morning.
shall spare you as amen. Has compassion on his son, who does the best he can. But for you.